let's get down. Let's get down. Come on now. You know what's up. We're live. We're back in action, attacking your speakers from the bleachers. This is the third and three podcast. The show is presented by the Spores Column. As you know, my name is Jason Fearman, joined by the best co-host in the business, bringing the truth, the track record, and the trivia. It's Tricky Nikki G. Good morning to you. Thank goodness. Thank goodness you are here. And yes, power is much needed. We all know how much that stinks. We've all been in areas where we've been hit by massive hurricanes or whatever it's been. It's horrible. So I feel for you, Nikki. And believe me, I do. I definitely do. And uh, each of us is a third on this third and three podcast. And this man makes us whole with this intellect, integrity and interesting perspective. He's the real deal. Damian Adams. What's happening, brother? Thank you so much for the compliments, man. Missed you guys last week. Some of the great mood that we get to get together this week. Just drank a full cup of coffee, so I am ready to go. Oh, yes. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, too. Yep, sorry. False alarm last week uh, with that damn hurricane that missed us in Florida. Unfortunately, slammed right into Nikki. Nikki, I apologize. We'll take the next one for you. All right. And yeah, that's that's the most important thing right now. That's the most important thing. Got to be comfortable. Hundred degrees outside. It's awful. Oh, anyway, on behalf of the team over here at third and three, we appreciate all the feedback you've been giving us. And thank you for listening, guys. Wishing you all a beautiful day and most of all, a smart day as we encourage you to wear your masks still and follow the guidelines so we can truly get back to normal. And, uh, you know, speaking of that COVID, we're talking off air for a second. We all have had the COVID test, thank God, all negative. And if you've had the test before, you know what you're talking about. They stick that thing up your nose, through your brain, out of your skull. It is one of the most awful feelings, guys. It's horrible, but it's great to get the good news after, right? Yes, it is, but it is certainly not pleasant. No, it's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, and it's definitely not. The, the most pleasant thing in the world. And the crazy thing is, like, I was I was sick at the time, but by the time I got the results, I was no longer sick. So, like, thank God. Damn. <laughs> it was good that I got, you know, the results. So, I was like, man. Yeah, by the time yeah. I got the results, I was no longer looking for them. Right? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have rather had a two foot needle. Necessary evil for me. I had a couple people at work, so. Yes, you do the right thing. You take the test, and they don't care, right? Like you know, they're just jamming up there. <laughs> they're just like, oh, oh yeah. my god, like yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's it stinks. But I'm glad we are all healthy and pushing on. Absolutely, most important thing, no doubt about it. Yeah, Damien, I got to tell you real quick. I, I did my fantasy football uh, forecast a few days ago, and I was saying that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is now more valuable because. Damian Adams opted out, not Damian Williams. I couldn't believe it. It was so funny. I said it right on there. I, I didn't I didn't even catch it till later, bro. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, this guy's my mind crazy. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you say there you go, man. So that's what friendship's all about. Family friendship. It's beautiful. And uh speaking of which, you know, we could talk forever, guys. We do the show two hours, no problem, without any sports taking place over the past four months. And now that we got professional athletic world has started up again, we're going to need a lot more than two hours 
or become like the Guinness Book of World Records for like speed talking or something like that. I don't know. So we'll figure it out, but we'll get through it all, guys. Here we go. Let's start it up with a little neighborhood news. Let's get into that right now. And the first thing that I wanted to say was with this neighborhood news, it's really not that good, to be honest with you right now. Ben Simmons, knee surgery, out for the season, bad thing, really bad thing. Diana Taurasi left the game with a back injury. Uh, she had a prior back injury. That's not good, obviously. Giancarlo Stanton getting an MRI. He missed like all of last year for the Yankees. If you care, Dustin Johnson's leading by one stroke in the PGA Championship. It ends today. I, I don't really care. But if you care about other things, uh, this was an interesting one. Darius Geis cut by the Washington football team after multiple alleged Domestic violence incidents. He did turn himself in. I'm very curious to see what happens with that. That's, you know, that could be a messy deal right there. We don't like that. Uh, more sad news, guys. I hate to do this, but just to get it off the bat, the Vikings uh, linebacker Cameron Smith, he tested positive for COVID. And during that test, they found that he had a heart condition. So it was almost like a blessing in disguise so they can treat him. And let's just all hope that he's okay. And, uh, you know, continuing with this neighborhood news over here, you know, the people who are in our neighborhood that we like to talk about, of course. Uh, who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood? In your neighborhood? Say, who are the people in your neighborhood? Oh, man, bringing back one of them crazy memories. I love it. All right, so listen, so a little questions for you guys with the neighborhood news. Major League Baseball, obviously not off to a good start. That's Nikki. I'll throw this one to you real quick. Look, the Cardinals have played five games where other teams have played 17. The Marlins just got back. Ironically, they're leading the National League East because they've played only nine games. They're eight and one or whatever it is. The Phillies haven't played much. The Cubs, the Nationals. Can they go all the way? Um, the Major League Baseball and actually have a World Series this year. It's looking bad. Everybody, okay? we always screw stick it up. To the rules. Everybody, <laughs> stick to the rules. Like, is it so difficult? I mean, come on. I don't know, but you know, they keep saying that with football. I keep hearing the same thing. Well, they'll start on time, but are they going to actually have a season? I mean, I really don't know, guys. I mean, what do you think? At the rate we're going, it doesn't look like it. And if we do actually get a World Series, I think there's going to be an asterisk next to it, yeah? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, nobody can seem to follow the rules. Nobody cares about anybody else. So uh, then I would say, no, the rest of the season is not looking good. No, and Damien, it keeps happening, so I don't see it stopping with other clubs. And, you know, you, you get one or two guys, and the whole team has to shut down. I don't know how they're going to do this, man. Yeah, I'm with Nikki. I don't know how they would do it. Like, I'm rooting for baseball because if baseball able to do it, that gives hope for football. Honestly, I'm not the biggest baseball guy, but baseball succeeding gives hope for the NFL season, and they're not giving us that hope right now. Mm. So it makes me think they're not like baseball. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it shows. It also shows that when you don't have a good relationship between the players and the owners, what can happen? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With baseball, you see that they didn't come together and come up with a real plan. And this is what happens. Like, you just kind of threw something together. You didn't really... They said they had a 113-page, like, this whole thing together about what they were supposed to do to stay safe. And obviously, it's 
not working, but no. you have so many outside elements that come in with baseball, with the traveling, the hotels, everything goes into it. Did you think about this beforehand, or did you just go into it just saying, oh, we're, we got tests, everybody should be all right? Right. And it seems like they just, they just didn't think about this fully. Now, it's, again, money is it, – it's all money-driven, and you made out the main point, again, is that they're traveling so much, you know, and not getting on airplanes and then buses and then going to different hotels, just like the NFL, which we're going to get into. But that's what has made the NBA bubble so successful. I mean, number one, thank God everything is going great over there and they're healthy, but the entertainment guys, Damien – this is some of the greatest basketball I've seen, man. I, I I can't turn it off, and it's on all day long. I'm loving it. Yes, like there's literally a game starting. Um, I live on the West Coast, and this game starts at 9.30 in the morning. Like, as a basketball fan, that's something that you love to see. And I clearly watch basketball all day. That's a dream for me. And like you said, uh, it's something that it makes you feel like the fans don't really matter outside of, you know, of course, the money that the fans bring in. But with basketball, it seems like they don't really need us there outside of, of course, the money that we bring in. And with other sports, maybe it's more important to have the fans there. With basketball, I've heard this a person say that it's more like theater and just watching these guys perform the best play that you've ever seen. And that's something that you really see in this bubble. You're seeing the best action ever. And we haven't even started the playoffs yet. And we've seen so many great performances. I truly am loving it. And maybe other sports can learn from basketball. I know that it's more difficult with other sports because they have so many more people. Right. But basketball's definitely showing a, a good example for the other sports. Yeah, and uh, man, if you've been watching, last night was incredible. Milwaukee versus Dallas. Luka Doncic was incredible. Giannis, incredible. I mean, there are so many great players in the NBA, Nikki. It's so much fun to watch. I'm absolutely loving it, and that's the key. They're in the bubble, so they're able to play. I know you haven't had power, Nikki, but have you had a chance to watch any games at all? Here and there. Um, we also have the TVs at work, but work hasn't had power, so I've been trying to catch up when I can. But I will say this. Don't you guys feel like the NBA just always seems to get it right, whether it's a social issue, like league issue? Like They just always seem to be ahead of the curve. They're yeah. progressive. They always get it right. And I really wish the other leagues, <clears throat> the NFL, could get on board like that. You guys agree? Like, I feel like the NBA is always like leaps and bounds, and they just always get it right. Well, I think that you're exactly right. And if you just look at the track record of commissioners in all the leagues where you've had David Stern was around forever and they have Adam Silver who's doing a great job you look at the other commissioners and yeah they're not they're frowned upon big time whereas you don't really have that in the NBA and I I think that's a big thing where it starts at the top and that's why it's successful would you agree Damian yes definitely Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports Uh, for a long time it was David Stern and it goes back to what I talked about baseball earlier. The players and owners in basketball have a decent relationship. Now, of course, they've had their battles with labor agreements like every sport has. But when it comes down to it, there's a respect factor there on each side. Right. That's how they're able to come together and come up with things like the bubble. And it wasn't this huge fight over everything that was supposed to happen. They knew, like, mutually, we're both going to benefit from this and the money that comes from it to help this league go further. And other leagues, is always just such a battle between the players and the owners. And the commissioner, especially in baseball, the commissioner just seems like he's just there. And <laughs> it's like, okay, what are you doing? Are you helping out? And with football, Roger Goodell, he's done good things. Don't get me wrong. Like, football, money-wise, powers over every other league in the country. But when it comes to the other things, 
you just had that deer in the headlights look, and you're like, how can you still mess these things up? <laughs> and <laughs> the only time he gets things right is after the media backlash, after people come out and see things. It's never before. He's never preactive. It's always reactive with the NFL and other leagues with their commissioners. With Adam Silver, it seems like he attacks things first. Right. I think he nailed it right there. We're still waiting to hear from the NFL and their official plans about playing ball with COVID, how it's going to work, which, as we all know, is a very risky proposition to begin with. And that's why, as a result, 67 players have opted out this season. And I think that's it. You know, the deadline is passed. I don't know if they're going to mess around with the rules a little bit. I mean, you can't tell a player he has to play now if he doesn't want to. We don't want to. But Look, 67 players already opted out. Some of the bigger names, C.J. Mosley, uh, you know, Juwan James, Star Latutile, Damian Williams, not Damian Adams, Damian Williams. <laughs> Get that right this time. You know, uh, my guy, Travis Benjamin for the Niners. Miami, we were talking about them. You know, you got Devontae Parker, but now they lost two other receivers, Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns. I mean, not your, you know, your ones or your twos even necessarily sometimes, but they're not playing. No Nate Solder. We're hoping that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to have somebody else to throw the ball to. Devin Funches is there. He said, nope, not playing. The freaking Patriots. Wow. Brandon Bolden, yeah. Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, Marquis Lee. It goes on and on. I mean, Cam Newton could not be wa- walking into a worse situation right now, uh, Nikki. That, that, this is bad. No, this is bad, and, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, did they move this opt-out date up a little bit, and I think the players were upset, wasn't it? Um, Did they move it to this past Thursday? I thought they moved the date up, and and people were upset. Um, But I I am interested to see if, like, once they get going, what happens if more people drop? Like, let's say we get to week two, and you have an outbreak. What do you do? do? Uh I mean, I feel like... Anybody who's on that depth chart, boy, I mean, really step it up because I, I there's a good chance that we get a couple weeks into the season and you could have a team ravaged by COVID, which I hope doesn't happen. But what is the game plan if you do? <laughs> exactly. And they're, they're planning to start on time, which I think is a bad move to begin with. You know, I don't know how far you could push the season back, but I think it's inevitable, just like they said with baseball. And even basketball, but they've overcome that, you know, because, again, they're in the bubble. It looks like they're following the rules, but same thing with baseball. How, Damien, how are they going to tell all these guys, you know, not to go out? Plus, again, all the travel, the hotels, the buses, the planes, everything. Again, this is a major problem, and I have no problem with any players saying that they want to sit out. I don't know if you do, but I got no problem. No, you have to take your safety first. Like, there's some people who have issues because you're like, oh, you get paid millions of dollars. So millions of dollars don't mean anything if you put your family in danger. Um, if Even though these guys, most of these guys are young, if you get it and you give it to your grandmother or your grandfather, right. someone older in your family, then you put them at a really big risk. So you definitely have to be careful when it comes to that. And the reason the players are opting out is that they don't trust this lack of a plan, if there's any plan at all, by the NFL. Because they haven't said what the plan is to keep the players safe. They... Like, I understand with NFL is so many more people than the NBA, so you can't do, a, like, a true bubble. But maybe you could have did a bubble per division or something like that to try to keep these players safe. And if any league can afford to pay for different planes and different hotels and different cities and have those, like, be bubbleized, if I just made up a word there. <laughs> <laughs> Getting bubbly. 
year because they're not going to have fans in the stands. All we think they haven't even like confirmed that yet, right? There's certain teams saying that they're going to try to do social distancing with the fans. Like I know Atlanta was saying they're going to do like twenty thousand seats. That's still a major gathering, even if people are six to one. So you're assuming there's no fans. So you're going to make a little less money, but the NFL still with ads and with the amount of viewership makes money handle if they can afford to do maybe mini bubbles around and try to do it that way to keep the players safe. They didn't come. Like I said, they don't have no plan. So now the players are like, all right, I'm not going to risk it because you guys didn't go anything. Like a few NBA players opted out, but it was different reasons. of Like only a few opted out for COVID. But now you see the NBA actually was able to keep these players safe. The NFL, there's no plan. If I was a player, I probably would opt out too. Yeah. Got I was going to ask you guys, if you were a player, I mean, I'd probably opt out too. And it's interesting that you bring that up, Damien, because, you know, I've had this conversation with, you know, some of my friends and stuff that was like, couldn't you just like, I understand the travel, but geographically, like like you said, maybe by division, couldn't you have just picked like, like Jersey's definitely going down. Like maybe the metal, you know, maybe we could have done something, you know, at MetLife, like bubbleized that. I don't know, but like, that's not our job to figure out, but how come we can kind of toss it around and <laughs> the league can't seem to figure it out? One hundred percent. I mean, they had minor talks of it, like maybe doing something in in Vegas or Florida at once. What? But nope, they totally blew it. They had all this time. They could have absolutely done a bubble like the NBA, and that would have been a hell of a lot better, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinions also. So the players are not happy right now. And I don't blame him, but let's talk about some other players right now as the theme of the day is Mount Player Player. And I can't wait to get to the theme of most overrated players. This is going to be so much damn fun. I can't wait for it. We may have a few of the same ones, but that's all right. I wrote down like a ton. So let's see which one of these players are, you know. Overrated. 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 What the heck is that? Overrated. All right. Well, let's ignore her right now. Let's get to it. All right. Who's going to go first here? Damien, you want to give it a shot? You want to take number one? Because I love it there. You want to go first? Who, Nick, Nick, you, you want to go? Kick it off. Oh, you want me to kick it off? Go for it. Right. I will kick it off. Okay. Oh, you guys. I hate to do this. I really do. You probably have him on on your list, but um, Carmelo Anthony is extremely overrated to me, okay? Yeah, like, Olympics inside, he comes alive in the Olympics, you know? Like, all of a sudden, it's just, like, something clicks, and he's, like, incredible. And one of the best college basketball players, sure. But in the NBA, he's just not that elite. Like, I have spent countless nights screaming at the TV at this guy, okay? Like, he he's just not that carry-a-team-on-my-back kind of guy. Like, he is really good at being, like, the only good player on a team, but he's not good in a smaller role alongside another star, right? And I don't think he ever really learned how to play defense, which they disguise for him in a Mike D'Antoni system. But I just feel like he's in this weird spot. He's a great, like, me-first scorer. But that's about it. Like, I don't, you know, he just never really got there for me. Well, Damien, I'm going to kick this to you, but I'm going to say real quick. I understand where she's coming from talking about the Knicks because all we did was get the best seven, uh, yeah, seven seed. You know, we couldn't win playoff series or anything like that. 
And it looked bad because he was the only guy surrounded by other guys who really couldn't play. Now, I'm going to disagree, Nikki, to be honest with you real quick, because I think Melo was just, again, one of those guys on a cruddy team. And I do agree, he can't be the best guy on your team to win a championship. But what he's doing even now at his age, I'm not even sure, what is he, 37 or something like that. Carmelo Anthony's like busting it up for Portland at the moment, Damian, as you know. So I see where she's coming from, but overall, I can't call him overrated. Yeah, it's tough. I can see why, especially a New York Knicks fan, I can see why you guys will be frustrated and will find him to be overrated. Um, but he is the last guy who won a playoff series for the Knicks, and it, you know, it hasn't been good. So from that standpoint, I can see where you're coming from. With Carmelo, I do think he gets a little more criticism than he deserves. Being in New York, you get a little more uh, attention than everybody else. And he was a guy there. So I, I see why that comes that way. But when you look at his career as a whole, those years in Denver, he was awesome. They made it to the Western Conference Finals one year. They were you know, one game away from beating the Lakers to get to the NBA Finals. A lot of people forget about that. He went head-to-head with Kobe and really gave Kobe some of the best competition he had in his career during that series. Uh, he's, his scoring acumen is one of the best, you know, just talent ever when it comes to that. Defensively, he did fall short, and he did fall short as far as getting his teammates involved. But I do love, like Jason mentioned, that he's been able to recreate himself now and has been playing awesome for Portland, who looks like they're going to get that final playoff spot in the Western Conference over my Pelicans. But I digress. (laughs) 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 But but no, I I can see where you're coming from, but I have to disagree, but it's not a hard disagree. I, I get that, and I'm not taking away from from the resume and the career and the talent. Um, like I said, I just it just seems like well, maybe he'll do it this year. But you know what? As of right now, today, August 9th, I think he's a little overrated. All right, and again, I can see why you're saying that because me, especially as a Knicks fan, I, I I was very frustrated. I was more frustrated at Amari Stoudemire for not being able to be on the uh, court. That was another one. So. Uh, I'm going to go to New York also before we go to Damien. I'm going to give you another one, a little old school over here. And this guy is beloved by basically everybody, him and his underwear commercials back in the 60s and 70s. All right, and that's Joe Namath with his damn fur coat. Let me let me just tell you, he, he is the most probably the most overrated quarterback of all time. 173 touchdowns, 220 interceptions. He was always hurt. He missed time almost every season. His record sucked. It was 62, 63, and 4, all right? He completed 50% of his passes, and I would I would vote an Eli over Broadway Joe any freaking day, man. I mean, he is so overrated, but all because of that guarantee in winning that championship, which he had nothing to do with. It was all Max Snell. He's, he's maybe my top overrated guy in sports. I don't know what you think about that, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, Joe Namath, with those numbers, nah. Yeah, I'm right there with you on Joe Namath. He was on my list. He's one of those guys who had a moment. He had a great moment. And it really propelled him and made it seem like he had a great career. But like you mentioned with the numbers. And even like you could say he played in a different era. But his numbers for his era are bad. Yeah. Like it's not like yeah. <laughs> that is, you know, his numbers. Don't compare it to today's quarterback. No, his numbers were bad back then. And he still somehow got to the Hall of Fame, which, you know, bothers the mind. But, yeah, I definitely agree with you on Joe Namath. I know And that must really irritate you, right, 
AJ, because, you know, if you have, like, you can't have an okay season again until Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> yeah, really, have to burn your ass. But Joe Namath was on the <laughs> oh man, I love it. Well, Eli wasn't on mine. I promise you that. I promise you that. <laughs> I'm not letting it go. Like I just everyone is listening. Like as an aside, being in a group text with these guys, one is amazing, but two, they troll you because Damien just had to text me his <laughs> anti-Eli hate propaganda YouTube video that was black. Okay, <laughs> so, like behind the scenes of what goes on here. I love it. I love it. Yep, that yep, that is a little behind the curtain action right there. No doubt. No doubt. Some of the things we can't say over here on uh, you know, this PG thirteen action. Oh man. All right, Damien, let's get one of yours before we take a quick break and then we're definitely gonna be continuing with uh Mount Play player overrated players. What do you got, D? So I'm gonna go with one that's not gonna take too long since we got a break coming up. I'm gonna go with another quarterback, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Good yeah, point. I feel like Terry Bradshaw has been living a long time off of being the funny guy on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> when we really go back and look at his career, you know, he was a one-time All-Pro, one-time MVP, right? He was first overall pick out of Louisiana Tech, which means that he really bought out college, especially back then, to be noticed out of a small school. So you give him that. But once he got into the league, he really lived off of having a great defense. You know, he had Lynn Swan, but... He only threw two more touchdowns in his career than interceptions, 212 to 210. Um, only completed 51% of his passes. Again, played in a different era, but that's still not great. And when your interception to TD ratio is the same, it's just not good. And, you know, son, he got a lot of Super Bowl championships. He's one of those guys who look off of team success over his individual success. So Terry Bradshaw definitely is on my list most overrated. I mean, he's definitely overrated uh, as a football player. Look, I mean, he he had a big, strong arm. He wasn't accurate, like you said. Look, four Super Bowls, you can't take that away from anybody. I don't really care who you are if you're the quarterback of four Super Bowls, even though it was most basically on defense, obviously, as we know. Yeah, he made Lynn Swan look maybe even a little better sometimes than he was. But, yeah, Terry Bradshaw just was on the best team in the NFL during the 70s and I'm with you. That's the reason why they went to those championships. You could have plugged in half the other quarterbacks in the league, if not more, and probably had done the same, Nikki. Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. He's definitely overrated. Are you guys excited for his reality show? I kind of am, actually. I'm watching it. You guys should all watch it. We need to report back. Like, you know, set a book club, a reality TV club. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's an entertaining guy, so I definitely can see the show for good. That's excellent. That's excellent. You, you know, before the commercial, I'm going to give you guys one more, and I, I have to put him in there. I wonder if you put him in there. But David Beckham is got to be one of the most overrated soccer player, at least, of all time. Like, looks all right, I'll give him that. He's he's a handsome guy. He's a good-looking dude. But that, the, the, I, see, there you go. Coming from a lady, there you go. He was, and look, he could do corner kicks and bend it like Beckham. I get all that, but that's really it. He wasn't anywhere near a top even 20, 30, 40, 50 soccer player in the world. He was just, again, a good-looking guy trying to make soccer popular Bend it like Beckham with the movie and everything. Just totally overrated. I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I did do a little reading up on that, guys. And, I mean, come on. They just made they made too much out of him when he came to, like, the L.A. Galaxy, when MLS started. So that was the whole big thing around him. 
PR team, right? Like, if that's not marketing at your finest right there, yeah. you take an overrated player who's married to a Spice Girl, right? They come to, they had a reality show, which I did watch, because Victoria Beckham was hysterical, right? But they did this whole thing, <laughs> coming to, to LA, like, again, like, you just, I mean, like I said, props to the PR team. Like, if you could just become a skyrocket of an athlete, and you're not even that great, not that I can play soccer, but I get what you're saying, for sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, bring it back to the Spice Girls, Damien, you know, I, I guess another check for them. <laughs> yeah, no, and you're definitely correct. I wonder if this kind of reminds you of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You have oh. a good-looking guy, <laughs> where everybody is like, and then yeah. when you get to the, the play on the field, it doesn't measure up to the reputation. Ouch. I'm not Jimmy as, is as overrated as Beckham, because Beckham... The money he made off of looking good and being able to do a corner kick was amazing. But, uh, <laughs> but for him, he just, it reminds you of, you know, if you, if you look good, you have a decent amount of talent, it can take you a long way. And props, like you said, props to his PR team, props to everything he did with, you know, a talent that wasn't on the level of the, you know, Ronaldo's and Messi's and those guys. Yep, that's very, very true. And thanks for taking a stab at me and my 49ers. I appreciate that toward the end of the break over there. Nice one. I know, we see you. Third and three podcast, baby. Jason, Nikki, and Damien. We'll be right back. Quick commercial break. Yep, that's my guilty pleasure song, as that's our theme for the day. Guilty pleasure songs. Mariah, I have talked about her plenty of times on this show. Need not say anymore. I don't want to get in any trouble over here. So we are rocking and rolling. <laughs> Third and three podcast, kicking your ass. Right now we are doing our Mount Player Player. The theme is most overrated players in history, in sports history. And we got a couple of good ones out of the way already. We've had uh, Joe Namath. We got Mello in there. We're about to get a few more. Uh, David Beckham, who just bent the ball like Beckham or whatever the heck he did. So we got a lot more to get to right now. And I believe that Damien is up and ready to rock and roll with his next one. Yes, I am ready to rock and roll with my next one. I have done a video about this. I've talked about it on my podcast. I've even written about it for the three-point conversion. It's one of my missions in life is to get people to see this. I feel like Nikki with Eli Manning on this one. <laughs> so I'm a big boxing guy and it was announced maybe a couple of weeks ago that we're going to have this legends match between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. And it really got me thinking about the legacies of these guys. And when you look back at the career of Mike Tyson, he has to be the most overrated boxer there ever was. Now, people have an attachment to Mike Tyson because a lot of people who listen to my podcast, listen to this one, or even, you know, are friends with me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, wherever, are of the age where they were younger when Mike Tyson was knocking everybody out. But the, when he was knocking those people out, he was knocking out John, Pam, Buck, <laughs> <laughs> that were just like, at 
shop or whatever. And then when it came to fighting the real guys, the real competition of Andrew Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, he fell way short. So when you look back at his career and all those knockouts, who did he really knock out? Who did he really beat? Right? His best win is over a Larry Holmes, who was 37 years old. And this is 1988. So a lot of people are like, oh, 37 is not that old. It's not that old today. The 37 in 1988 is way different than 37 today. When you think about the technology and what pro athletes can do. So his best victory is over Larry Holmes, who was 37, coming off of back-to-back losses and a year-and-a-half layoff, right? Some people say his best wins over Michael Spinks. Michael Spinks was a light heavyweight who should have never been heavyweight champion and was scared to death when he got in the ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other people say it's over Razor Ruddick. Razor Ruddick was a decent heavyweight contender who never had heavyweight belt. And if you really want to compare him to Lakes Lewis and Beth Holyfield, when Ruddick fought Lakes Lewis the next year after he fought Tyson and have gave Tyson great competition, Lakes Lewis knocked him out in the second round. Yep. So That's when right. you truly look at Mike Tyson's career, he didn't beat anybody. It is a great highlight reel. Like, his highlight reel is amazing. And I believe his YouTube highlight reel, especially for the younger fans, has painted him in these rose colored glasses as one of the best to ever do it. When he's not even one of the best of his era. People act like his era was just from 85 to 89. No, he was 24 or 23 when he lost to Buster Douglas, and he was no longer that dominant figure. Not to say he went through a lot of things during his career, right? He even went to jail, went through a lot of different things. His trainer died. A lot of people blame this on the fact that his trainer died. It wasn't like his trainer was young. Let's not, I have to, you know, be a little exclusive here, but his trainer was super old, right? Yep. So it wasn't like this was something that caught him off guard. The trainer was sick for a while. So I understand it hurts. But as a fighter, you have to take what that trainer taught you and move forward. He wasn't able to do that. And he got so frustrated against the Vander Holyfield in the second fight, he bit a piece of the man's ear off. Oh, God. <laughs> and awesome. people still somehow rate him over Holyfield when Holyfield beat him twice. And Holyfield was past his problem when he did it. True. He was 34 when they fought, and he's five years older than Mike Tyson, but somehow people give Mike Tyson an excuse of being past his prime. Lance like, Lewis is older than Mike Tyson, but people say, oh, Mike Tyson was old when he fought Lance Lewis. I've never seen an athlete get more excuses than Mike Tyson. That's why I had to make sure I had this time to get my true rat off. <laughs> Mike Tyson being the most overrated boxer, if not athlete, of all time. Well, let me tell you something. I certainly agree with you. And he does get he, he gets a lot of flack for just being a fighter. And that's what it looked like because he just his punches were tremendous, lightning speed, quick for a heavyweight and everything. Uh Customato, who you're referring to, his trainer who was very old, who died, basically brought him up kind of like a father figure, uh, so to speak. And you know, he still went in and fought one fights and uh, he he went the distance with uh, with guys like um, I'm forgetting his name right now off the top of my head. I think Tillings. I forget who it was, and it went ten rounds. Wondering if he can go, but you're exactly right. Tyson beat nobody. Then he gets knocked out by Buster Douglas. Yeah, you can argue that he may knock him out in the second round, and the referee didn't make the count or whatever. But the point is, is that he should still be able to beat James Buster Douglas, who is who? What? I never heard of him before that fight. So. Bottom line is, is that his career went way down after that. He came back. He beat, what's his name, Peter, whatever. My knee buckled. I hit the ropes, and that was that. He said all that nonsense. So Mike Tyson 
somehow regains the heavyweight championship, which is ridiculous. And you're right. Evander Holyfield kicks his ass for 10 rounds, uh, 12 uh, beats him. Then, like I said, in the fight after, has to bite his ear off because he's so frustrated because he can't get in on a real true boxer who knows how to be a boxer and not just a brawler. Like I said, Tyson had better skills when he was younger and he, he lost them, whatever it was, man. But you're right. He didn't fight anybody big who he beat. Anybody big who he did fight, he lost to. And at the end of his career, losing to guys like Danny Williams is just embarrassing. So uh, I totally agree with you, man. Like, I would have loved to have seen him fight other fighters that, you know, are considered all-time greats. But Tyson, no, I agree. Totally overrated. Nikki, I don't know what you think. We used to have parties all the time in my house like Tyson – you know, Tyson's fighting, everybody come over, and then everybody would leave in 30 seconds because the fight would be over. So, you know, you just didn't fight anybody great, Nikki. So I don't know what you think about Mikey, Iron Mike. Iron Mike. Well, I mean, Damien, I feel that passion. I feel you. Like, I, I understand that. Not in this context because I'm not a boxing fan, but I'm t- every week you guys make me want to get into it a little bit more and more. But just as a casual fan, like, I'll tell you this, like, yeah, he bit some guy's ear off, right? It's just like kind of like what the casual, like, I'm not even a casual fan. Like, know nothing about boxing. I can be open about that type fan, right? So, but you know what? You guys are convincing. So, Mike Tyson, you're overrated. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. We're all thinking alike over here. I like, yep. Yeah, I knew that was going to be it, Damien, and I don't blame you, man. And some people uh, were trying to make a case the other way, but it, it didn't work out. You, you were right the whole time. So I, I totally agree with you, bro. All right, Nikki, it's your, your turn. Who do you got? All right. Wanna, um, let's see. All right. I will see your Joe Namath, and I will raise you one Philip Rivers. Oh, interesting yeah. one. All right. Look, but I'm not, again, I mean, you can't deny he's a, he's a good quarterback, right? And to be fair, somebody's going to, you know, in order to be overrated, you have to be rated pretty high to begin with, right? Or at least in general public's eye or sports world eye. So, all right, let's just kind of go through it. He should be rated pretty high. Third in passing TDs, second in passing yards, right? Fourth in wins. He's led his team to six, the playoffs six times. Okay. But for me, Philip Rivers has just not won a game that actually mattered. And what people like to do, they like to pretend, oh, his lack of Super Bowl wins happened to him, not because of him. Oh, don't be misled by his big numbers, okay? Because the most recent playoff appearance, he threw for 331 yards, three touchdowns. Sounds good, right? Oh, but he also threw the ball 51 times and only completed 25 of them. And the pattern just keeps continuing. My biggest gripe with Philip Rivers is you cannot say he's had a lack of talent around him because he has not. Antonio Gates, LT, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, Vincent Jackson, Michael Turner, just to name a few. And you still can't do it. And the AFC West was not that great for a long time. And you still couldn't do it with the talent you had as a quarterback and the talent around you. So Philip Rivers, uh, you are extremely overrated to me. You know what, Nikki, I never thought of, of Philip Rivers as overrated until you just 
spoke. I, he he is. You're right. I, I I never thought about it. I never put thought about putting him in that category, Damian. But what she just spit off. I mean, yeah, coming into the league with high expectations, being the number four overall pick. Uh, you know, supposedly to the Giants, and they got switched. Nikki loves that whole story. It worked out great for her. But um, yeah, I mean, he had plenty of offensive help and plenty of good defenses back in the days with even Junior Seau. Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, she got a good point, man. Yeah, now she definitely makes a great argument on Philip Rivers being overrated. Um, he's somebody who, even just the eye test, you know, because this throwing motion has to be the worst throwing motion I've ever seen in my life. So even yeah. <laughs> just the eye test alone, you'd be like, man, how's this guy even be successful? But he's he's got some he's got some moments like we all remember the playoff game where he was playing on Tony ACL. I think that really carried his reputation a lot. And that's very tough. So when you see somebody do that who can barely walk and play the good game, it's like, okay, that those type of moments can carry you. I think that kind of carries reputation for a long time. But you're definitely right. He has had all the offense talent. Like you mentioned, Hall of Famers there at LT, future Hall of Famer in Gates. So when you think about that type of talent around him and defenses that gave teams like, we talked about the great Peyton Manning, one of the teams that he had problems against was the Chargers. That's right. Because that defense was able to give him issues. So he's definitely had the talent in the team there to get open up and has not done it. So great argument by Nikki there. And I know part of that argument is that people say Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. And some people, like myself, say Eli Manning isn't. That's probably why she's so passionate about it. So I <laughs> respect the passion. <laughs> I, uh, I was thinking there was some connection there. But either way, that's a very compelling argument. And I, I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, overall, if he's any rated, it's over. All right. I, I like that. Very interesting. All right. I got a few here to pick from. But I'm going to go with boxing also, Damien. And I'm going to ask you first because, you know, you're a boxing aficionado over here. I, I love boxing too, but watching forever. Oscar De La Hoya, bro, he lost – you talk about a guy losing all his big fights. I'll name you a hell of a lot of them. Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, of course, Bernard Hopkins. He lost to Shane Mosley twice. Felix Trinidad. The, the only guys that he beat were guys who were 55 and older. They were senior citizens. Hector Macho Camacho, he beat – and I, I forgot, Julio, uh, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, I, I believe he beat also. But all his big fights, he lost. He lost them all. He couldn't take a shot to the body really well. He didn't have – he had an okay chin. but And he can throw his hands, don't get me wrong. But every time he stepped in the ring with a guy who he was even favored to beat, he got beat. He didn't get knocked out a lot. That's fine. He was able to stay in fights. Like I said, he could take a punch. But – when it went to decision time, there wasn't even a, d- a debate about it. And the referees definitely favored the golden boy, as he is known by, in a lot of fights because he is the golden boy. You know, this handsome, wonderful, smiling, again, all that wonderful stuff. But again, Damien, who, who did he beat really that was big? I think that he is extremely overrated when it comes to the fighters that he lost to. Now, you make a very good argument on Oscar De La Hoya. Um, and the thing is, he didn't have that many fights. When you look back at his, his career, I think he only had a total of maybe 45 fights. So it wasn't like he... Now, he did fight against the, the best competition. I will give him that. So you have to look at it and say, okay, when he did fight against those guys they lost to, he was fighting against those guys in their primes. And he did go against them and gave him good fights. You know, it wasn't one fight where I could picture him like, getting blown out by anybody or just getting dominated. So 
he was an elite fighter, but like you say, he did be the best of his era. And again, you mentioned good-looking guy. I remember when he fought against Floyd Mayweather, our house was split. All the men were rooting for Floyd Mayweather. All the women were trying for De La Hoya. <laughs> what exactly was going on with De La Hoya? And it's, it's a good argument for De La Hoya to be overrated. He's somebody who his hype was never on the level of a Mike Tyson, but he definitely had the hype of coming in young. He had very good hands to be, like you mentioned. Like he was very quick, very fast. And in those younger days, like you mentioned, caught some of the legends when they were older. So he has good names in his resume. But when you look into it deeply, he's, he's a bit overrated. So I definitely like the argument about Peter LaHoy. All right. Well, I appreciate that coming from you, no doubt. Nikki, I know that you're not the hugest boxing fan, that's all good. But I kind of, I, maybe the Oscar De La Hoya is like the David Beckham of boxing or something like that. Maybe I could relate it to that. <laughs> all right. Handsome, has good PR, <laughs> had a couple moments. Got it. All right. Yep, there you go. That's pretty much it. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I thought he belonged there. I looked into it a little bit. I got a few. Uh, yeah, we're each going to do at least uh, one or two more. I got one more. You guys got a couple more. So, Damien, I believe you're up, or is it Nikki? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I believe I'm next. All right. So, I'm going to raise your Philip Rivers. Oh, look at this poker action. And give you Troy Aikman. How about that? <laughs> Nikki likes that. Yes, uh, I figured this one would get your approval as a Giants fan. Anything, say anything bad about the Cowboys. Now, when you look at Trey Smith's career, he's another one of those guys who played in a different era, and people who want to defend him will say, oh, his stats are from a different era. But when you compare him to the players of his era, so you look at Troy Smith's stats and compare it to a Brett Favre, Warren Moon, Dan Marino, an old Joe Montana, Steve Young, all the good quarterbacks of his era were much better than Troy Aikman. They just happened to not play on the most talented team of the 90s in the Cowboys. I'll tell anybody to this day, a lot of people don't like um, Tony Romo. I'm like, if you switch Tony Romo and Troy Aikman, Tony Romo gets three Super Bowls as well. And Troy Aikman, mm. if he's not playing on that loaded squad, he's a lot like an Alex Smith. He was a great manager of talent. Yep. You gave him a Ferrari, you gave him a Lamborghini. He didn't catch it. But if you hmm. get a Honda Civic, he's not able to bring a Honda Civic up to a Lamborghini level like other quarterbacks did, like a Dan Marino, Brett Favre did. Troy Aikman, one time in his career, one time, threw for more than 20 touchdowns. One. Wow. <laughs> like the rest, of his, the rest of his career is 17, 15, stuff like that. Um, he had one season where he led the league completion percentage, and that was the season where he had the least amount of attempts. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> when you truly look at Troy Aikman's career, he was a QB manager who had to not crash the Ferrari. And I don't think you should be in the Hall of Fame for just not crashing. That's, so that's why I've been on my overrated list. That is pretty interesting. And he definitely came into the league with a lot of hype. I think he was the number one from UCLA, if, if, if memory serves. And, and you're right. I mean, yeah, in the beginning they stunk. I know they didn't have the team. The only thing I'm upset with is that I have a Honda Civic, so try to use a different reference next time, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure it is. All right, yeah. (laughs) No, I'm playing, I'm playing. But overall, I I agree with you because I've been saying that throughout my life. Maybe that's because I'm a 49er fan. That has something to do with it. I don't know, but – 
you're right. He had the best offensive line you can ask for, the best fullback you can ask for, one of the best running backs. You got Michael Irvin, you got Alvin Harper, and then you have amazing defense. So you're right. Just like Terry Bradshaw, he's on the best team in the league. And he was, a, I'll give Troy Aikman this. He was efficient. He wasn't a great leader. I mean, he was a good leader, but Michael Irvin was a leader of that team. So Troy Aikman was efficient. But if you asked him to go win you a game and maybe Irvin is out, I agree with you, bro. He ain't doing it. So I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm kind of, and I, and I like that you say that because I'm, I am no Troy Aikman fan. Let him stay in the booth. He does a good job over there, Nikki. That's about it for me. Now get him out of the booth, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I'm a Romo kind of girl. We were talking in the booth. He is fantastic. I love listening to Romo call games. He's good. He is good. All right, I like that. I like that. All right, uh, let me see. I guess it's my turn over here. This is my last one. I'm going to give it to you guys. Uh, I got a few more. I think we all may have this guy on our list. I might pass him over. All right, I'm going to give you a very controversial one, but I'm not going to try to make it long. I know this sounds like freaking absolutely insane, but I think that Derek Jeter is a bit overrated. All right? I, I, look, I, I, I know this. Yes. I know this is really crazy. He's got the numbers. He's the Yankee god. You know, I understand Number two, retiring. He's done everything. He's come up in big moments. But it's just that his numbers through the – like, he was never an MVP candidate type of guy. He was never, like, the best in the league. Yeah, you were a great shortstop. You were maybe a top five, six defender at shortstop. You were never, you know, the best player in the game. So I just think that he's just looked at as, you know, Yankee doesn't say anything wrong. I think that he got away with a lot of stuff that we don't know about, but we'll leave that for another time. But Jeter, I know it's a big one, and he is great. So it's hard to say a great player is overrated, but I think that he just gets way too much shine. And being almost the unanimous guy in the Hall of Fame, 99%, I think that there are probably at least 75 players who are better than him that are in the Hall of Fame that should have got more votes than he did. So he's another one of those guys who just gets a lot of love with the looks and the way that he, you know, composed himself. But, look, great baseball player, but I just think that way too overhyped. So I think that makes him overrated. Tell me how crazy I am. Go ahead. That's a good pick. With him, you mentioned the good looks. Also, I think if he was the captain of the Cleveland Indians – he looked that totally different than being the captain of the New York Yankees. Right. I think being in that market definitely gave him an elevated profile. And he has great moments. Like, we all remember the playoff play where he came across the field to catch the ball from the outfield and flipped it to the catcher. Um, the play where he went into the stands to make the catch and came out with the little blood on his cheek. He was, you know, he had those great moments. Yep. Like I said, those moments really can propel your reputation when you think about it, because you'll forget that, you know, maybe he was just an average hitter, and, but he had decent moments and was missed in November. So those moments really carried him, so I can see why you put him on the list. All right, thank you. I, I appreciate the backup. I appreciate the backup. I know that people are going to kind of kill me for this one, but uh, I'll go to battle with him any day. Nikki, you got my back. Are you on the other side of the line? Area, and I get it. He is a class act all the way. He really, really. 
really is. But I understand what you're saying. You you have the benefit of of being in New York. You have great moments that add up to something. You know what I mean? So, but then you start breaking down numbers like you would a Philip Rivers or something, and then it's like, okay, well, you know, let's use a little common sense, a little logic here. So I'm, I'm I don't think you're crazy for that now. All right, fair enough. I'll take it. I'll take it. I took a little risk on that one. I had other guys on the list, but I wanted to put him there because I wrote him down and thought I had some compelling arguments, so I went for it. All right, uh, I know we got a couple more from you guys. So, uh, Nick, Nikki, I believe you're up. So, speaking of a hype highlight reel and making something off of a couple moments. I know you don't think I'm going here, but I am going here. Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, not bad. Completely overrated. Okay. Wow. So, I, I listen. I'm doing my list, and I'm like, you know what? This guy's he is like. I I got pictures of him. You guys should see my basement. It is like a Ravens Giants like you know mural of greatness. I have a picture <laughs> of his one handed catch. I still watch his highlights to get myself all hyped up. But here we go again. Here's Beckham hyping himself up on Twitter. This is going to be my biggest, my fastest, my strongest year. Yeah, okay. I've seen this movie before. Look, it's incredibly difficult to come back from an injury stronger, better, faster. And Beckham, you've had multiple injuries, okay? And you've shown us that you are fragile. You're injury-prone. And you are a, you are, you're the furthest thing from a teammate, all right? He, and I know wide receivers are divas, but this is a me, 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 me guy, okay? Like, he does not care about the team. He makes excuses after bad games. Rather than trying to rally this team, he wants to rip the locker room apart, okay? And he's just, I don't know, he's got a hype highlight reel, a one-handed catch, a lot of talk, a lot of antics on the sideline. And I would argue, okay, if he's healthy, is he a great player? I don't know, maybe. But do you guys really think, okay, you're a great player, we signed you to an extension, okay, then we traded you. Then you get to Cleveland, and the trade rumors start again because you want more money. So to me, where there's smoke, there's fire, and I will even go as far to say that he is closer to being a bust than he will be a lead. Very, very interesting, Damien, huh? Wow, that's a big one right there. And that Look, if especially when you go, you go going to Cleveland last year, yeah, you can say that big time. Now, he's got all the talent in the world, but all the things he said surrounding that, Make a heck of a lot of sense, and yeah, he's he's another one of those highlight reel type of guys. And yes, he can change a game in an instant. I understand, but he can disappear for a long period of time, Damien. Yeah, on a boat, on a boat, and like yeah. <laughs>
And with him, it's about your favorite thing, availability being the best ability, right? And he's somebody who hasn't been available and, like you said, not consistent. And him is a mental thing. Like, when he's having fun and he's not trying to, I guess, to, you know, prove the doubters wrong, he's somebody who's good. But when he's in his own head, he's, you know, proposing to the kicking net sure. and all these other things that he's doing, that's when you see him mentally unravel. When he's having a battle with Norman and they're going back and forth and he torch Norman. Like, honestly, he was torching Norman as far as the routes, but mentally dropping passes. So when he's mentally engaged and not in his own head, he's awesome. That's a big part of it. Can you stay mentally engaged and not get your own head or let him get your head? And because of that, it could be slightly overrated, so I can't disagree with you there. Not bad, not bad. You see, we're all, uh, we're all taking some risk over here, but we're backing up with good arguments, and I really like it. I like it. You, Nikki, you definitely flipped me with that Philip Rivers. That was really good over there. Speaking <laughs> of which, I think we're up to our last one. Uh, Damien, this is the last one for you, and uh, before the segment ends, we still have a couple of minutes left, so let's get it in before we get to our rankings. All right, so I did Mike Tyson earlier. I'm going to go with another Michael. Mike Allstott. Oh! I think that Mike Allstott made such a great reputation over being this guy and get so many touchdowns and run over so many people. And when you look back at his career, he benefited so much off of Ward Gunn. Yeah. Like, Ward Gunn was doing all the work, getting all the yards, and then here comes Allstott in the cleanup after all, after Ward Gunn did all this work. Mm. And when you look at Ward Gunn's career, it lacks touchdowns because of it because of that time in Tampa Bay. And even then, Mike Allstott, you think about his reputation for scoring touchdowns, like, you would think that you have a lot more. Like, his best season of scoring touchdowns was 10. He never got to double digits again. He never had over 1,000 yards rushing. His best year, he had, like, 900-something. I understand that he was splitting carries with Warren Dunn. But if you're just awesome and you have, you can't be tackled, why wouldn't you become just a full-time guy? And just become, like, you can be this awesome fullback slash halfback. And he's so known for running the ball. Was he that great of a blocker? So Mike Allstott, the highlight reel is great. Like I've seen, I've literally one guy shared and I was tagged in on Facebook the other day of him running over people and sound effects. That just, yeah. and so you, you get that added to it and you have that reputation. But for him, it was a lot of, oh, let me come in at the one-yard line and score. Or let me get these few great runs here and there. Mm-hmm. But it was all done doing all the work. I think Mike Allstott really benefited from a highlight reel over actual production. So I have more on my overrated list. I think that makes a heck of a lot of sense. And with less than a minute to go before uh, I would go to a really quick commercial break again and come back for you guys doing a little more NFL action. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's like, yeah, he was really – he wasn't good for big runs. It was like three yards in a cloud of dust or on the one-yard line, get the touchdown – yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous the way that went. More of the numbers definitely suffered for it, Nikki. So I, I get what he's saying with that. I'm not even going to lie, guys. I just Googled who the hell was this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Old school Tampa Bay. Old school Tampa. They did win a Super Bowl with that squad, so not too bad uh, overall over there. John Gruden moving over to Tampa Bay, taking Dungey's spot. Ended up working out. It's working out over here in the 3rd and 3 podcast. We're going to come back here in just a few seconds real quick, and we got some more NFL action for you. Hang in. Uh, 
keeping it real, son. That's right. Shining star. My shining star, girl. <laughs> Yo, New York in the house. It's Brooklyn in the house. Yeah, yeah. Up in the house. Shelling, are you in the house? Boogie down, are you in the house? Sacramento in the house. Atlanta, Georgia, are you in the house? Baby, come on, baby, come on, baby, come on. Japan, are you in the house? Everybody, are you in the house? Oh man, that's hot right there. I love it. I love it. That is phenomenal. Oh God. Uh, oh, are you kidding me? I'm dancing all over the place. <laughs> It really does, man. Wow, that's awesome. That brought a smile to my face, and I was dancing all over the place. That's great. I love it. Oh, man. Third and three. Here we go. We're still rocking and rolling here. More NFL action for you. Here we go. We just did now play a player theme, overrated players, and we came up with a few good ones. We had a few more we wanted to throw at you, but we got a lot of segments to go through, so maybe we'll come back around to it in a little bit. But here we go. It is NFL time, NFC North rankings. That's what we're doing right now, and we are ready to roll. Let's get it going. Here we go. First, we're going with our quarterbacks, as usual. I'll start it off, guys, all right? NFC North. I'll tell you right off the bat again, this one, this whole thing, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, really interesting the way that it turned out for me. I did not think it was going to go this way, but here we go. Number one, it's still Aaron Rodgers. I don't really think you can debate it, so I'm going to stop right there and just say Aaron Rodgers, and he could be in for an amazing season, which he pretty much always has, but knowing that, you know, Love is sitting right behind him over there and he might be in a different uniform next year, can't wait to see what he does. Behind him, I got Matthew Stafford. If the guy could just stay healthy, he's a fantastic quarterback. He really is, and he just has not had the guys around him to get the job done. And Stafford again, you got you got to stay healthy, but he's got ooh, what he's got some arm. After that, it's got to be Kirk Cousins, and that's by default. Even though I like Kirk Cousins, I think he's a good quarterback, more of a game manager type. Lost Stephon Diggs this year. We'll see what happens there. And then obviously number four, it's if you have two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles for Chicago. I don't know who's playing. I don't know who wants to play, and I don't know who could play well. So they're number four on my list. Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and then the Trubisky Foles figure it out plan. So that's my guys over there. <laughs> Damien, what do you got? So of course you gotta go Aaron Rodgers, number one. Yes, sir.
not be not show up in big games, and he did that last year against my Saints. And of course, fourth, I got to go with Trubisky slash Nick Foles. I never thought Trubisky was the guy. Now I'm not the biggest North Carolina college football fan, but I was like, you got Deshaun Watson, you know, who we all saw do major things at Clemson, Patrick Mahomes, who was tearing up the record books down there in Texas, and you go with Trubisky, the guy who we just seems like he's athletic. You know, he looks the part. And now you're going with him and Nick Foles, two guys who basically I believe are good backups in this league. So I agree with Jason there about two quarterbacks being none. So Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, and the Bears do well. Yeah, makes plenty of sense. And I get the availability part, no doubt about it. And Mitch Trubisky, that trade was great because they they traded up to the 49ers one spot, and we appreciated that because look at the team we got now. So thanks a lot, Chicago. Much appreciated there. (laughs) Nikki, what do you got? I just stay in that list as you do, Jay, even though I did toss around two and three. Um, yeah, I mean, number one, there's no question here. Everybody relax. Everybody wants to be throwing Aaron Rodgers. Chill out, all right? So, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers won. I did go Stafford, too, because I think he's uh, a little bit underrated. Um, dude has a monster arm. I just feel so bad that this guy, he, there's just no consistency around him. The coaching staff, the run game, the offensive line, like, but he, I think if Kirk Cousins, like, a little bit more time because he's a student of the game, he could easily be number two. He's incredibly efficient. And his decision making has improved, um, but I, I think you might be able to interchange these two for yeah. Trubisky Foles. I don't know what's going on there. Look, I mean, if this off season is so important for Mitchell Trubisky, like it's make it or break it time. Um, and then Foles, I don't know if he steps in. Does he work in Chicago? You guys know I'm of the theory. He just kind of worked in Philly. I, I don't even know. I don't know what they got going on here. So I'm I'm with you guys. Rogers, Stafford, Cousins, and then the uh, duo of no quarterback. Yeah, it seems like we're all in the same uh, same point right here again. Yeah, with Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford again, it's availability versus you know really really strong arm. You know, if you put Stafford on Minnesota, do they do bet? I don't know, but bottom line is yeah, we're pretty much all in agreement over there. So let's go to the running backs that they'll be handing the ball off to, and I think they're going to be doing a lot of running in this division, maybe except for one team, but. Uh, Damien, why don't you kick us off over here with the running backs, man? What do you got? So I got to start with Minnesota. Dalvin Cook is an absolute monster. The way he gets to the holes, he's very shifty, hard to tackle. He's an absolute beast. And somebody, if he stays healthy, he could be in that conversation with Derrick Henry, Chris McCaffrey, all of the lead guys. Saquon Barkley, and I'm not going to forget him in that conversation. That's <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota, Green Bay, 
Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago in my running back order. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. Uh, Nikki, what do you think? I have the same exact order as Damian does. <laughs> I do. I have Dalvin Cook one. You guys, he averaged 103.1 yards from scrimmage per game over his career, right? And he's got the traits that we always talk about. We're always talking about vision, acceleration, agility, power. So, yeah, you got to go um, Minnesota one. Same on Aaron Jones, too. They have a, they have a lot of solid depth there. So, you know, we're going to see. What I thought was interesting, pro football focus, they graded Jones higher than Dalvin Cook. Did you guys know that? No, actually. I, no. Yeah, it's interesting, right? But I still have uh, I still have them at two here. Same thing, I have Detroit three. We have Johnson, Swift. You know, the Lions used their number 35 pick on Swift, so I don't know. It looks like they probably want him to be their number one sooner rather than later. Um, and then, yeah, just got Chicago here at the bottom, Montgomery, Cohen. I do feel like their production dropped a little bit. I know you can blame that on Trubisky, the O-line. I do feel like Tariq Cohen probably should have been able to do a little bit more with his touches, but same thing. They just happen to be in a really, I think, solid division, um, and they're, they're just four here for the running backs. Uh Ching, I'm with you with that all the way, both of you guys. I completely agree. I completely agree. And there's not much more for me to add. Yep, Dalvin Cook and Madison backing him up is just fantastic. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, on Johnson. I can't wait to see what DeAndre Swift does. Hopefully that'll keep uh, Matthew Stafford a little more healthy. And then, yeah, the Bears at four. I love Tariq Cohen, but he's not in every down back. And David Montgomery was very disappointing. So I'm with you guys 1 billion percent on this. All across the board, we all agree. So I love it right there. I love it. You know what? That deserves a little cheer. Oh, man. The sound effects this week. I know. How about that? I don't even know where they came from. It just walked in my room and said, hey, press a button when you feel like it. So I did. That's the way it went down. I feel like a high-class podcast now. That's right. That's right. All right. May have some more sound effects. Let's see what we got here. Wide receivers. Nikki, I believe it's your turn to kick this one off. My turn. All right. But I feel like each team here, like, has a legit number one, you know? So I feel like the theme here is, like, depth for this division. Um, yeah, I actually went Detroit 1, Galladay, Jones Jr., Amendola. Like, I feel like I know they won three games last year. But Galladay led the league with 11 receiving touchdowns. It was third in yards per catch at 18.3 last season. Um, his nickname is now Baby Tron for no reason. He's got a lot of similarities. I feel like the three of these guys together, I have them one. At Minnesota, uh, two. I probably would have put Green Bay there. I just... Fun just isn't there. I don't really, you know, I don't know what they're doing. So, actually, Green Bay's four for me. Um, and I have Chicago three. I think Miller's a legitimate second option. We're going to see. Um, you know, I feel kind of like Robinson. Unfortunately, this poor guy spent his career. He's just passing catches from Bortles and Trubisky. But he's a great route runner. So, I went. Detroit 1, Minnesota 2, Chicago 3, and Green Bay 4, because now it looks like Rodgers is really going to have to do a lot of something with, you know, maybe not the best. Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what's going to happen. Nikki, I am totally with you, except I just flip-flopped uh, 
uh, one and two with you. I do have Minnesota one, even though Diggs isn't there, because I'm expecting Justin Jefferson to come in and play real big. But here's who I really expect to play big this year, Irv Smith. They have Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, the other tight end, and they drafted him high for a reason, and they haven't used him as much yet. Now without Diggs there, I can see a lot of two tight end sets. Um, It'll be interesting personnel and what they do on offense, so – I like them. You still got Adam Thielen over there. That guy's tough to deal with. So I'm going to go Minnesota one with the wide receivers too. Um, I, I definitely thought about it. It's just Detroit. Like I said, Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, TJ Hawkinson. They have a good offense. It, not the greatest offensive line. That's something they got to work on, but they have guys over there. So don't be surprised if Detroit wins a few games this year. Number three. I went with Chicago, and I was even thinking about maybe even putting them a little bit higher because Allen Robinson is a hell of a freaking wide receiver, but who the hell is going to throw him the ball? That's a big problem, you know? So I, I love Allen Robinson. I like Anthony Miller. You know, they got Cole Komet over there, and now Jimmy Graham is just making his way through the NFC North as much as he can going any team. So he's over there now. And, Nikki, like you said, you know, no funches. You know, all you have is Devontae Adams, who's great. But then you got Allen Lazard, who's good for, what, I don't know, 30 catches all year, maybe. Mercedes Lewis is not driving a Benz anymore, man. I don't know what the hell. I mean, I guess we're driving a Honda Civic now, right? Right, Jamie? <laughs> good for you. Because <laughs> Mercedes Lewis ain't driving a Benz no more. I'll tell you that. That's his uh, oh boy. So that's my list right there. We got Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, and then the Green Bay Packers, believe it or not, four at wide receiver. So, Damien, are you in accordance with the two of us over here, or what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you guys. Um, one, I went with Detroit. I like their depth. Kenny Galladay, like she mentioned, doing big things last year. Marvin Jones Jr. is on Rock and Believe to be a thousand yard receiver. Danny Amendola, if he can stay away from concussions, is someone who is definitely a productive wide receiver. Minnesota, I do believe in Justin Jefferson. Talking about LSU, I think he could be a really good receiver in this league. You mentioned the tight ends. Adam Thielen is an absolute beast. We never get number one guy. We're going to see if Justin Jefferson can sub in for Stephon Diggs. It will be tough for a rookie to do that, but I believe in his ability. Uh, Green Bay, I went third. Uh, Arnold Robinson in Chicago, third, excuse me, with Allen Robinson. Taking Jr. so has the speed. He did a lot for the state the last few years. Uh, he still can stretch the defense, but again, who's going to throw a ball to him? Four, it was tough for me to put Green Bay four. I did struggle with that, though. Devontae Adams is so good. He's so, so good. But the depth is what you're lacking there. Like you said, Lazard just has a good name. Um, <laughs> Scatling, another name. <laughs> he just sounds like a, a, a firm. But just, <laughs> outside of that, you don't really have much there. So that was my order for the wide receivers. I struggle with the wide receivers more than anything um, with the NFC North rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Looks like, yeah, we pretty much all agree right there. Flip-flop one and two. You guys are on the same page right there. But, um, yeah, that's how it looks like it's going down. So it should be very interesting in the, in the uh, NFC North this year. Very exciting to see what's going to happen. The most cohesive, no, NFC North and NFC East. We were very cohesive. We, we yeah. got other divisions. It's just like, I'm rogue. Everybody's all over the place. <laughs> Well, we know what's going to happen when we get to the NFC South. It's going to be Saints one a quarterback, Saints one on wide receivers, Saints one a running backs. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. That'll be full of laughs, no doubt. And something that 
can be full of laughs and full of absolute trickiness is knowledge with Nikki. It is time to get tricky. It is tricky time. Oh, boy, what does she have in store for us today? Damien, my nerves, my nerves are cracking a little bit over here, man. I'm not sure I can handle this one. I know I go first this week, I believe, right? So, all right, I'm going to try to take it down. I'm going to try to take it down. Nikki, are you ready? I am ready. Don't be nervous. It's all NBA this week in honor of the NBA being back. I ah. feel good. You guys should feel good. Jay, are you ready? Because we're starting with you. As ready as can possibly be. Here we go. <laughs> all right. How many points did Dwayne Wade average in the 2006 NBA Finals? Wow. Okay. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> 2006 NBA Finals. He was fantastic. Um, I'm going to say it was about 29 points. No. Amy in for the steal? I'm going to go with 34. Oh, yes. 34.7. Oh, wow. Right on the nose, man. Nice, bro. I'll clap it up for you right there. Well done. Well done. Hit it right on the nose. Big point right there. Big point. I like it. All right. All right. Took one from me. All right. Second question. Number two. Blake Griffin dunked over what object to win the slam dunk contest in 2011? Oh, man. I know it was that Kia car. Freaking son of a gun. Do I I have to name the model, right? No, you don't. I just put the hood of a car, so you got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good enough. <laughs> Think about that now. I have a kid optimal. That may be the reason I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Steal our vehicles? Uh, this show, too. Wow. We've got a lot of fun this show. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Number three. The 2000 Great question. Okay. Two thousand Olympic team. Who's the only other team to have two players? Other than the Miami Heat. Yep. Well, one is obvious, but I'm wondering if one of them didn't play. No, I don't think he played in that one. Um. See, there's one team that's just so damn obvious to me that it can't be right. So I'm going to say... Oh, you um, New Jersey Nets? No. Damn. Damien, you want to steal? So is this for the year 2000 or for any Olympics? For the 2000 Olympic team. The 2000 Olympic team. Two players... Good question. It is a tough question. I'm going to go with the... Oh, yeah, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to go with the San Antonio Spurs. The Seattle Supersonics. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> oh. oh, my 
Oh, man. Damn, I'm like late. I had three teams in mind. Lakers, Sacramento, and and then um, Seattle. Darn it. Uh, that's a great question, Nikki. Well done. So that was Gary Payton and Ben Baker? Yes. Great job. <laughs> great, great job. Uh, All right, so wow. I only got I one. one. I only got one, and Damien stole one from me. You know what everybody's saying to me right now? You blew it! Well, what are you going to do? Okay, well, we got it all for you guys today. Puns, vehicles we drive, we got it all. (laughs) All right, Damien, take it away. Damien, no doubt. Well yeah. done, sir. Nah, you gotta give him everything. Shoes, underwear, <laughs> everything. Belt, socks, all that. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> man took me right there. I love it. Good job. Great job by Nikki with the questions, man. Yep, I like it. Going basketball style this week. Excellent stuff. All right. All right. Yeah, we still got some more good stuff for you guys. Uh, let's have a little fun over here. Um, we got some unpopular opinions to talk about. We got a little this or that. Maybe we'll do a little this or that right now before uh, we get to unpopular opinion, dinner fight club. So let's get a few of these in. This or that. All right. Who's going to average more points this season, guys? All right, Nikki, I'll go to you first. The Kansas City Chiefs or James Harden? <laughs> oh man um I don't, oh god that is so tough push <laughs> push <laughs> about 31 each I like it
So I'm going to go Kansas City with a few more points. Okay, okay. I like the logic behind that. I like the logic, yeah, with uh, the defense being played now in the NFL. I might have to say the Chiefs also. All right, all right. Uh, I don't know if you guys got any, but I got a few over here. You want to hear another one? Sure. All right, let's see. What will happen first? Okay. This or that. Hmm. Okay. The Detroit Lions win a Super Bowl or the rushing record gets broken, which is held by Eric Dickerson. Damien, you want to go first? Yeah, that's a very good question. The rushing record is a tough one with, you know, running back by committee now. Detroit, that's tough because they're in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go with the rushing record on that one. I can see someone like a Christian McCaffrey, someone like that, getting hot and having a year. So I'm gonna go rushing record. It's possible. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, no, same. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going Lions. I don't know. I think something. Yeah. I am. I'm, go- I'm going Lions. I think that they have – sometime in, in the next 20 years they'll do it because I don't think this this running back record, uh, the rushing record is getting broken. Like you said, Damian, it's like by committee now and they're not carrying the ball as much. It's a little bit different. So, I don't know. I think they have a better shot over there. All right. Let's it's see. Let's see. Like, it's just Detroit. Like, it's, just, it's just – it is. It's true. It's just Detroit. Don't tell that to the Pistons, though. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Patrick Mahomes breaks which record first? And they're both held by Peyton Manning, I believe. Yes, I think so. TD passes or passing yards in a single season? Nikki. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with passing yards. Okay. So it's 55 TD passes, and I believe it's around 5,500 passing yards. It's not calculus. I know, that's why I asked. <laughs> What's the record for passing yards? Fifty five hundred? Uh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm a homicide field. Uh, yeah, I'll go yards. Going the yards? All right. All right. Damien, what do you think? I'm gonna go touchdowns. Uh, but he could obviously end up breaking both this year if they have a full season. He might. <laughs> I'm gonna go touchdowns first uh, before yards. He really, he really might. Yeah, 50, 55 is so many. Only a couple have got to fifty, um, as you know very well, Damian. And passing yards, you know that very well with Drew Brees. So, ooh, I don't know. I might go with the passing yards. I don't know with the way things. A touchdown pass is very hard. You got to rely on other people to do that. Also, I don't know. Tough one. Tough one right there. Uh, let's see. We got a couple minutes. Do you guys have any? Because I have maybe one or two more. I have one. I have the what's more likely. Right, let's do it. All right. What's more likely? Carson Wentz actually gets through the season without a single injury. Mm. Or, the Eagles, or the Eagles make it back to the Super Bowl. Mm. Wow. The NFC is hate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But I'm going to go with, they do have a talented team, but I'm going to go more likely get back to Super Bowl 
they had to go through all six teams because he could miss some games in the middle come back for the playoffs. So I'm going to say he's more <laughs> likely to go to the Super Bowl. I think that he's so determined, Carson Wentz, to show everybody that he can play a full season without without getting hurt at all that he will play broken in half if he has to. So I, I think that's the first thing that happens. And then maybe they do win the Super Bowl. Who knows? they got a pretty decent team over there. The Eagles, people are sleeping on them a little bit, guys. I don't know. Nice question right there. Not too bad. Not too bad. All right, maybe one more before uh, we take our last break of the day. We got Bengals having a winning record or the Browns making the playoffs. What's more likely to happen? <laughs> um, I got to go Browns. I got to go Browns making the playoffs before the Bengals have a winning record. They're rebuilding rookie quarterback. We mentioned the Browns have all the talent in the world. Now both have to go through some obstacles for it to happen, but I got to go more likely Browns. All right. Well, you know I agree with you on that one. Nikki, you just going to throw some hate my way? Yep, I am. <laughs> <laughs> She is. She had to do it. She loves Joe Burrow. She believes in him. It's going to happen. <laughs> Super Bowl for the Bengals. All right, guys. We got one more quick segment coming at you. We're going to have a little fun. We got uh, a little bit unpopular opinion, a little uh, dinner fight club. And then we're going to wrap it up for the day. Third and three podcast. Hang out. We'll be right back. Oh, man, the guilty pleasures are taking over the 3rd and 3 podcast today. You got to love it. Oh, my goodness. We play whatever the hell we want on here. This is our show. That's what we do. All right? So it's Guilty Pleasures Sunday. Who knows what will happen next time? Get ready. Get ready. All right, here we go. We got a couple of segments left for you guys here on the 3rd and 3 podcast with the real deal, Damian Adams, and, of course, Tricky Nikki G in the house who destroyed me today. And, Damian, you nailed it, bro. Rocked it on Knowledge with Nikki. Killed me, bro. Killed me. Got it. You did? You did? <laughs> well done, my friend. You absolutely did. You conquered this week. No doubt about it. So I am proud of you. I am proud of you. All right. Well, here we go. Unpopular things are interesting to talk about. So we have unpopular opinions. We're going to make a few right now. Each of us got one. And then we got a little dinner club fight for you. And if you know what that's all about, that's who you'd rather go to dinner, have a conversation with, go out to the club and party with, or who's going to have you back in a fight. So we all have a few for you, but we're going to start with unpopular opinion. Damien, if you don't mind, I'm going to go first because I've said it, I think, once on this show before. And I'm going to make it quick. I just need to let everybody know. And it's a fact of life. I've already done the scientific method on this. It, it proves out. Golf is not a sport. Golf is not a sport. You people need to understand that golf is not a sport. Why do you ask? Okay, I appreciate you asking. Here's the reason. The players don't even carry their own freaking equipment, for God's sake. It's like, can I have my little stick from the bag, please? Okay, that's why they're wearing khakis and shoes walking down a course. Walking. They're walking. Nobody runs. No one runs. As a matter of fact, if you run, you get kicked off the freaking uh, the freaking field or whatever the hell it is, the courts. It is not a sport. 
listen, being athletic can help you. I understand that in golf. I do get it. But you do not have to be an athlete. You do not have to be 25. You can be 60 years old and be the best golfer in the world because you hit it straight. It's not a sport. You walk. You dress like you're going into a club. You don't carry your own equipment. You don't sweat. You don't have any defenders against you. You're playing against a little cup. All right? It's not a sport. That's the end of the freaking story. I don't want to hear it from anybody. If you disagree, we're going to have a problem right now. So let me ask you guys. You guys want a problem? (laughs) <laughs> I agree with you. I don't know why it's a sport. Not only that, it is so boring to watch. Yep. Like the crowd has to be quiet. The outfits are stupid. Like, I rock it in mini golf. I shouldn't be able. I'm nobody. I work out. That's why I really got going athletic-wise. I'm an ex-cheerleader and dancer. But, like, I shouldn't be able to do great in mini golf. And you just putz around at a driving range where there's nothing to do. Like, <laughs> You know, the everyday person shouldn't be able to do that. Like, so I get it. I don't understand these golf fans. They get so crazy. Like, I can't even watch it. It is just a snooze fest. I think I'd rather watch, like, darts or bowling or maybe ping pong. Maybe poker. Poker's pretty boring, but I might want to rather watch that. (laughs) (laughs) The only time I I ever get happy that golf is on is – Two things. One is if Tiger's doing well, I'll watch it a little bit because I want to see. The other is if I want to take a nap. That's You're exactly right, Nikki. If I want to take a nap, all I got to do is turn on golf. I'm out in two minutes flat. No doubt about it, Damien. Golf is not sport. Yeah, no, I definitely feel you on the more factor of golf. Uh, it's something that I want to pick up as an activity because I'm a basketball player. You can't play basketball forever, like you mentioned, but you can do golf forever. Yeah. Uh, it is a very hard activity. Like being someone who's semi-athletic, you know, grew up playing basketball, I got down the golf course and hitting the ball straight down the, the fairway, I can't do to save my life. So this <laughs> is a very hard activity. It is. But like, like she mentioned with the mini golf, I can putt very well, right? But right. as far as it comes to trying to do like a, a shout out the, uh, the sand or anything like that, I absolutely stink. So I don't, I don't disrespect their activity, but I don't think it's a sport. It is a very hard activity to get good at. I see why people get addicted to it, because if you're competitive, like you can tell during the sports trivia how competitive I am, it's something that they just, he said to you that you're not good at this, and next thing you know, you're spending your whole summer at the golf course. So I see why people get addicted to it, why people are such big fans of it, but it's definitely not a sport, because you don't have to be athletic. Like yeah. The best player at one time was John Daly. Right. You couldn't. Exactly. <laughs> so it's definitely something that you got to be athletic with. So I will agree with you on your unpopular opinion there, Jim. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, really. Hey, it's... Do you have a Do you have a golfing elf outfit that you wear? Bottom line is it's a very, very hard game to play. It's extremely hard. And I did have a patch there for a few years. Me and my buddies would go out every weekend. We would always play. And I I, I stunk, but I still enjoyed – 
the challenge of it, but it doesn't make it a sport. So that's my bottom line. Damien, what do you got? What's your unpopular opinion of the week? So for mine, I'm going outside of sports. I'm going to food. Now, with you guys living on the East Coast, have you guys ever had in and out burger? Never. No. Never. Oh, my God. So, so I grew up in Louisiana. We didn't have it either in Louisiana. And then I joined the Navy and I moved out to California. All I heard, all I heard was, you got to have in and out You got to have in and out It's going to be the best thing you've ever had in your life. You got to have in and out so I'm like, okay, I'm super hyped to get this in and out burger. <laughs> and uh, one of my superiors at the time, she took me to go get in and out She was from California, so she was hyping it up. Grew up there a whole life. She was hyping up in and out And we get there, and it's a super long line. Like, the line to go to the drive-thru is crazy. I'm like, oh, can we go inside? Go inside. The line is going outside the door. I'm like, oh, man. Damn. It has to be like, the burger just has to, like, melt your mouth or something. It has to be the best thing. <laughs> that has ever been created besides the slice bread that's on. <laughs> this has to be it. So we finally get up through the drive-thru after deciding not to wait inside, get our burger, and it's the most average burger I've ever had in my oh, life. Oh, man. And people, and people who live on the West Coast are going to be upset with me when I say that. Uh, man, I, I hear you. Maybe the only thing wait uh, worth waiting a long line is Chick-fil-A. You know, I'll wait for that like all day long. I love that stuff. But other than that, it's funny. Like every town in, in America, oh, we have the greatest pancakes. We got the best waffles. We have the best chicken. We have the best. How How is every town in the world have the best this and that and the other thing? Get the hell out of here already. So I hear what you're saying. Impossible. You know, Damien, you're right, though. So my brother obviously grew up in Jersey his whole life, right? Lives in San Francisco. He's lived there with uh, his girlfriend for probably like 10 years now. Same thing. So when he, I said to him, I was like, Shane, I was like, all I hear about was like in and out burger. So here 
So I'm like, what is the deal with In-N-Out Burger? And he's like, Nick, it, it effing sucks, okay? Like, it's, it's not good. He was so disappointed. He's like, I don't know why these people, like, exactly hype it up so much. He's like, it's not even worth it. It's just crap food. Like, so I was like, wow, I was shocked. Because you would stare, oh, in and out. It's the best burger ever. That's no, funny. I guess not. Wow. You know, I'm sorry. You know, like I said, you know, you're from California for the first time. All the Californians are all over it. And it's, you know, it's not that good. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry you had to waste your time with that one, man. That's unfortunate. But lesson learned. We all make mistakes. We, there you go. I hope he told your boss or whoever that was. Be like, all right, listen, that was not that good. You misled me. You owe me Never real yet. food. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nikki, I'm very... I'm, I'm very much looking forward to yours, Nikki. Your unpopular opinion. You teased it, but I'm not sure what it's all about. So I'm ready to go. Love to hear what you got. Okay. So it's, it's not as light and fun as, as your guys's, but my unpopular opinion of the week is that the NFL does not need cheerleaders. Um, <laughs> so it could go, it's going to go in a couple different directions, but I'll try to do it quickly. So, like, first of all, they're not there to, like, quote-unquote, cheer on the team. Like, your 50,000 fans take care of that. So, hmm. like, let's just not even do that. You don't even actually cheer, okay? Did? We couldn't hear you anyway, all right? <laughs> so, can we just, like, not call them cheerleaders? Because you're not. And you're insulting all of us who cheered as kids in high school and college. And I've coached all-stars. I've coached, I coached you know, youth sports. I also come from the dance world. And I will tell you this. If you go to an audition and you put that you dance for an NFL team, unless it's the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, it huh. is a joke. And the NBA in terms of technique and choreography, is leaps and bounds, again, ahead of the NFL. Like, it is a joke if it's on your resume, okay? The technique is so bad. But here's my point. to the They're not even selling technique, right, to the untrained eye and to the guys because that's who they are selling to, right? Guys just want to look at them. And they're pretty little sparkly bikini and they're on top. And what does that have to do with the actual game of football? Nothing. The hair's blown out, the fake tan, the lashes, the costume. It's like a dance recital. So call them a dance team because that's what they are. And let's not even get into the fact that you are sending the wrong message to these women. You guys, they make $75 a game to go out there and shake their cash and prizes for 50,000 fans, okay, for what? Like, what are you doing? You're, you're letting yourself be objectified. I don't know why. So instead of women going out there dancing around, you're not moving women forward. You're moving us backwards, and you're not helping the culture of the NFL. You know what I want to see? I want to see a woman head coach in the NFL, okay? I want to see somebody get, I want to see a woman commissioner. I don't want to see some girl dancing around with pom-poms, right, in a sparkly bra and underwear because, one, you're not, you're actually, let them cheer them. Let them show their athleticism. You're not doing that. You're not allowed to stunt. You're not allowed to tumble. No, you're just allowed to dance around for the camera so they can zoom in on the TNA. So, I don't think the NFL needs cheerleaders. It has nothing to do with the game. It is solely for marketing and is there to sell sex for the male fans. Wow, she went off. Wow, and in a way I did not expect. I'm, 
Here's the deal. I'm going to say something quick, and then I'm going to throw it to Damien. One, I'm never opposed to beautiful women, you know, uh, and, and looking at them respectfully. But everything you just said, from whether it's a political standpoint or you know, a social standpoint, makes so much sense. You're at, first of all, I didn't know they got paid that little to go do that. So I don't know if this cheerleading is more for them is more of a, a marketing for themselves to try to get to bigger and better things. But everything you said, especially holding women back is just like, you know, choreographers and idols and doing, you know, all this and that where they're not cheerleading and coming from a cheerleader like you who knows it in and out, which is a real thing and tough to do. I understand that. I respect what you said. I really, really do. Thank you. Yeah, I'm right there with Jay on this one. As a guy, I have been selfish of being like, <laughs> you know, okay, you know, I've been at a game where we were sitting like right by the cheerleaders and I've enjoyed the view. Okay, I have to be honest about that. But like you said, it's really no purpose. Like when they're just out there just being a dance team, it's not like with the NBA where the dancers come in, they provide entertainment between quarters or during timeouts. With the NFL cheerleaders, it's purely there to, like you said, sell sex. Yeah. Would you feel differently if they were getting the best of the best and say cheerleaders like yourself who have done competitions and then they were getting the true, like, the cheerleading you see on ESPN where you see those true competitions, if they were doing those, like, routines, would it be more beneficial or do you think you just should do away with it, period? Mm. Well, um, no, I, I, no, I do think that, listen, if you give them, like, cover them up a little bit, let them go out there and stunt and tumble and dance, because you guys, it is so hard. I've been on that na- at National. Like, it is not easy to do that in two minutes and 30 seconds. Like, it, just to tumble alone and the jumping, like, it is, so then let them be athletic, but they won't, because when you go try out, you sign the waiver. And it says there is no stunting or tumbling, and you, by the way, have to wear this little tiny, you know, uniform, and if you're five pounds over, you can't go on the field. If your curls fell flat, you can't go on the field. So, like, you know. Wow. It's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on. But, yes, Damien, if they could actually cheer and then yes, I say go for it because that's what, you know, you have football and you have cheerleaders. But for what the NFL does with them right now, that product, I don't think it has anything to do with the game. And I don't think it moves the sport forward or women forward. Well done. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. And like you said, as guys, we, we, get, we go into dumb guy mode and we're just like, oh, it looks good. But, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but when you step back and look at it from that view, you're right. Like it's not needed at all. Like once the time I was over, I stopped enjoying that view and go back to the game. So it's something, you're right, it's something that is not needed unless they're going to let these young women do, like, because a lot of them probably are very talented and, and could do the actual team. So it's not someone out there who just look good, but let the ones who are actually talented enough to do it go out there and do real routines. And because a lot of people, like, during that time, you don't want to go to concession because it's such a long line. You know, get some real entertainment that doesn't have to be you know, something that's quote-unquote sexy, but something that's truly athletic that we can enjoy. And people will enjoy it. People will appreciate it. They see something that's athletic out there. Yeah, man. I, look, I, I'm all for yeah, the athletic talent and the choreography of it and everything like that. I, I'm all for it. But the points that you make, uh, very serious, and I totally understand that, Nikki. So even though that was, you know, more on the, uh, you know, what do you call it side, uh, you know, the serious side of things, it makes a lot of sense. And, and I'm with you all the way on that. So, 
I hear you. All right. Very good. Very good. Some unpopular opinions today, but we got through them and uh, we got a little more action for you guys right there. All right. That was well done by both of you. No doubt about it. So let's do a little dinner club fight to end out our beautiful third and three podcast session of the day. You guys are going to love this. And uh, I don't know who wants to take a first shot at this. I got one. I got a real interesting one over here from my wrestling fan. Let's see what he would do. All right. Damien, let's start with you first, bro. You ready? We got Hulk Hogan, we got The Rock, and we got Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow. That's a really good one. <laughs> so, for my back in the fight, I'm going to go with The Rock because even to this day, he is jacked. He is. And looks like he could truly beat you up. He did, he did play football at the University of Miami, so he's a true athlete. And I believe him be good at me back in the fight. Um... Dinner, I guess I'll do Hulk Hogan for dinner. Uh, I'm not really, because for him, it's like he had some great moments in the 80s. He might have some interesting stories. Uh, he led one of the biggest things in wrestling ever, even though he was you know, past his prime. He did when he joined the NWO. And people who don't even know wrestling recognize the NWO t-shirt and how big that was. So I would love to talk to him about that time and also in the 80s when he was like this mega star. And when you think of wrestling, Anybody who doesn't know wrestling, they think of Hulk Hogan. So the fact that you are so synonymous with this, I would have a conversation about, with him about that. And you got to take Stone Cold to the club. My man knows how to pull those spirits back. Yeah. <laughs> you have a real good time with Stone Cold. And if sometimes the club you can have, you're going to have your back as well. Hold up those Stone Cold Stunners. So that's a really good one. Stone Cold, Stone Cold, fight, the rock. No doubt. Ah, very well done. Excellent. I like it. I like it. All right, Nikki, what do you got? Yeah. Any of them in a fight, right? Yeah, right. Rock in a fight. Probably, you know what? I'm gonna have dinner with Stone Cold, and I gotta see Hulk Hogan in the club. I just have. See, my thing is, I'm afraid Hulk Hogan I w- wouldn't last in a club more than maybe like 15 to 20 minutes. That guy, he's like 80 years old right now. So I'll have dinner with him. I'm gonna go party with the Rock, man. That guy's just fun. He's cool. I love it. And as soon as, you know, if, if there's a fight that's going to break out in, you know, the back alley or whatever, if I got Stone Cold Steve Austin, all he's got to do is look at these guys and crush a beer can, and it's all over. So they'll just run away. So I'm all good with that. I'm all good with that. All right. All right. There we go. That's our first one. Let's go round table. Who's the next? I'll go next. All right. I got a basketball one for you guys. Talking about NBA sisters with personality. So Ooh. you got Dwight Howard. Shaquille O'Neal and Joel Embiid. Who are you going to dinner with? Going to the club with? And who will have your back in a fight? Wow. Let it get on this one. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to a club with Shaq. Who are the other two? Joel Embiid and Dwight Howard. All right. Dwight Howard in a fight and Joel Embiid for dinner. All right. Okay. I can see that. I'm going to go – Joel Embiid, he, he gets pissed off pretty quickly, so I'm going to take him to back me up in a fight, all right? He gets pretty angry. He's a big dude, so – I mean, well, they're all big dudes, so I'll take him to back me up in a fight. I am definitely partying with Shaq. I, he's, like, top of my list of guys I want to party with. I love him. And Dwight Howard, he's got a lot of interesting things to say. He's had a very interesting NBA career and in life, and, yeah, I would probably have dinner with him first. So dinner with Howard – Shaq in the club and Embiid and his temper in the back alley. I can see that reasoning. For me, 
I'm gonna have dinner with Shaq. I want to pick his brain on business. Ah. He's been one of the most successful guys outside of his career as far as his business acumen. Not bad. He's like the money he's made has been ridiculous. Uh, I'm gonna go with Dwight Howard in the club because he is, you know, uh, infamous for the amount of baby mamas that he has. So obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Uh, yeah, I would love to talk to Shaq, too. Shaq is, like I said, number one on my list for a lot of things, man. He's awesome. All right, cool. Mickey, you got one? I got one. I got the overrated edition. Oh, all right. Try so we got Mello, we got Philip Rivers, and Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, um, Rivers, I'm gonna just have dinner with because I don't want to go to the club with him and I don't want him to back me up in a fight, so that's automatic. So, Rivers, we're gonna do dinner. I think I'm gonna go Mello in the club because he's smooth, he's cool. I like Mello, man. I think that he would do well in the club, and I'll definitely uh, ride his coattails over there with that one. And OBJ, look, he likes to beat things up the inanimate objects. So if there are real people there, he can hit them too. So I'm all about it. So that's my list. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I would go – I would love to see how Philip Rivers, as wholesome as he is, how he would interact with, interact with people in the club. So um, just to see that. Well, you know he's going to have a kid in the club right there. I mean, at least they had one baby to the baby to him right there in the club, no doubt. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm going to go dinner with Melo. He's had a very interesting career. He's somebody who, again, is really good at business and holds, like, his wine. He does the whole thing with wine and with wines paired with certain foods. And me getting in my 30s now, trying to get a little more classy. So I was <laughs> What about you? Yeah, no, I, I have to have dinner with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I got I was like, there are things I need to know or things that need to be said. So just because I have to have dinner with him, I'm going to take Rivers to the club and I'll have Carmelo in a fight. All right, all right. Rivers in a club. That would be really interesting. You got to see it. Like, uh, yeah. Exactly. Like, how would that even play out? I bet you he goes nuts because he's locked up with like 10 kids and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I have two right here. I don't know which one I want to pick. All right, you know what? I'm going to do a friend's version. Joey, Chandler, and Ross. <laughs> That's good. Uh, um, who's going to take it? You, you want to give a shot, Damien? Yeah, I'm trying to think who would even out of those three fight at all. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, guess I'll go with, I'll go with Joey in the club. Uh, Ross for dinner, Chandler in the fight. All right, all right. Okay, Nikki, what do you got? Oh, man. Uh, but Joey loves to eat, so I feel like dinner would be amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. But I feel like he 
Joey for dinner. Like Ross can't fight. Nope. <laughs> a little hype. And I mean, Ross probably be boring in a club. No, he wouldn't because he'd bring Monica and they have that dance routine. Yep, that's what I'm saying. That's great. That is great. All right. I'm definitely doing uh, Chandler's hysterical. So I'm going to sit down and have a good whole bunch of drinks with him and laugh, you know, have some dinner. He's hysterical. Um, Joey in a fight, no doubt, because he's the only one who actually can throw a, throw punches out of, out of all of them. And I guess that means Ross in the club. You know, like you said, you know, he loves dancing as corny as it is with Monica's. But, uh, yeah, they got their they got their soul train thing down. So I'll go that way. I'll go that way. <laughs> Jeez. The other one I was going to do, we'll save it for next time. I was going to do Urkel, Screech, and Sheldon Cooper. We'll save that for another time. Let's but do it now. <laughs> I don't have another one, so let's do it now. Oh, okay, then take I'll take – all right, we'll do this, and then, Damien, you're going to do the last one. So, all right, again, we got <laughs> we got Urkel, we got Screech, and Sheldon Cooper. And if you're not sure, Sheldon Cooper, he's the one from Big Bang Theory. Oh, wow. Um, so I would go with – Sheldon at dinner, you know, because he, he's not just a nerd. He seems like he's actually really smart. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, hang, to a fight, man. It's really tough. But I'm going yeah. <laughs> to go Urkel in the club because you remember there was a whole duty Urkel dance. Yes. That he had. So I'm going to go Urkel in the club, and Urkel can turn into Stefan. So you got you That's that right. As well, so you got that little added element. Uh, I'm going to go Screech in a fight. I figure I might have to myself, but Screech will be there. He can yell for help or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, you do, do yours so we have time to get Damien's in. No, I have the uh, same list. I guess Screech in the fight, Urkel to the club, and uh, Sheldon, we got to have dinner with. Yeah, he's pretty smart, man. I like to pick his brain for a while, no doubt. All right, Nick, uh, Damien, let's get your last one in real quick. Can't wait. Wow. I had Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, and Eddie Murphy as one of mine. That's incredible. That's so funny. Wow. So we got Hart, Chappelle, and who else? And um, Seinfeld. And Seinfeld. Nikki, you want to go first? Okay. Um, all right. So I guess uh, Dave Chappelle in a fight, for sure. Kevin Hart in the club, and I'm going to have dinner with Jerry Seinfeld. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, Kevin Hart. Oh, God, the, the fight part is, is, is going to be tough, man. Um, I, I, Kevin Hart, I, I would do everything, hang out with him. I, I'll take Kevin Hart in a fight because I feel like he's not afraid, if, even though he's small. You know, small small things, good packages. So I'll do uh, I'll do Chappelle in, in the club and Seinfeld for dinner because of all his comedians and talking and all that stuff. I like that one. That was pretty good. I like that. Nice job right yeah. there. Third and three. All right. Dinner club fight. We brought it all today, guys. Had a lot of fun. 